Welcome to Armenian Women Empowerment. This is a podcast that will help you identify the negative and sexist rhetoric thrown your way and how to stand up for yourself in its wake. You will hear Jackie's personal story of how she survived an emotionally, familially, and financially abusive marriage and how to identify and prevent toxic family and professional relationships for yourself. It's not amut to be an Armenian woman in the diaspora. It's empowering. Let's switch this conversation up about us and take actionable steps towards uplifting, encouraging, and empowering ourselves each day. Welcome to Army Women Empowerment. This is your host Jackie and I have been having some technical difficulties that are slowly but surely turning into technical breakthroughs. <laughs> so I first was going to edit a podcast that I had done. I wanted to talk to you. I was so excited to talk to you guys about um, multi-sensory realities in human beings. I'm really still excited to talk to you about that, but unfortunately, I ended up doing a podcast that was completely devoid of sound. So it should have been the Sound of Silence podcast, (laughs) if anything. It had absolutely no sound. And I think that's because I was using new technology. My new technology, I thought, was all that in a bag of chips, because you know, I've got the new iPhone and you have to change your charging systems and all of that. It's got the new connector. So I went ahead and I got the new connector in the form of a wireless. And again, thinking I'm just all that in a bag of chips with this wireless, realizing, not realizing that you have to turn the thing on and off for it to pair with the other piece of it. You can't just sit there and podcast easily like I had been with the lapel mic and a secure wire connector. So I went ahead and started to edit this podcast and realized there's no sound. And I'm like, oh my God, okay, let me just go and get my usual podcasting equipment because that was 20 minutes of my time. I told you guys I'm all about saving time now, right? I even had a podcast about that to help you save time too. I want you to not waste your time. But you know what? Then again, nothing's wasted. And so I talked for 20 minutes without (laughs) it. That's okay because I actually gained something from it too, right? I was able to um, take a look at my notes and, you know, while I was editing or thinking I was editing, I had a chance to look at my notes and Maybe now the next podcast will be amazing and better. But here's the thing. When I podcast, I'm podcasting from the heart. And my heart sometimes is in a place that isn't convenient. Like, I don't understand all of these podcasters that say, well, I'm going to go in the studio and podcast. Well, what if you feel like podcasting just before you get in the studio? What if you have some amazing ideas that come to you right on the fly? You see, I've been podcasting from my phone for a long time, and that makes me feel very mobile. It makes me feel very in the moment and more like a reality podcast show, right? Um, So for me, this medium works better. I'm not the type to go in and say, well, at exactly 8 o'clock, I'm going to feel like podcasting, and so here's my studio, and I'm walking in and I've got everything set up. No, it's not like that. I also don't like to be confined to a chair, per se. Sometimes I'm walking when I'm podcasting, and you've heard that on this show before. But so, yeah, so when I was, (laughs) so when I was podcasting in the car, because I was so excited about sharing this new revelation, maybe new to me anyway, not new to everybody, but new to me, this new revelation about multi-sensory humans, I didn't realize that I hadn't paired the wireless devices. So long story short, I've got this cable that I've always had, always loved in my other iPhone, and now I'm ready to podcast at a moment's notice. 
and drop everything and I have this cable and I'm just gonna keep it old school with a cable connection. And we can maybe figure out this wireless situation a little bit later. Or maybe I'll just hang on to it for other things. Um, but whatever, at the end of the day, I'm just glad that I discovered it and I didn't push it out <laughs> before listening to it because I actually did think it was really good and I was excited to share it with you. But now I'm going to actually share it with you because you'll be able to hear it and the audio is phenomenal on this lapel mic. So take a listen, enjoy, and it won't be the sound of silence again. This will actually be something you can hear. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. It's Jackie again. I do apologize for the technical difficulties. I wanted to wish everybody a happy leap year, too. It's February 29th. It's not really a day, is it? But I am having technical difficulties, so part of me thinks that it has to do with leap year. I'm going to blame it on leap year. <laughs> Enjoy listening. If you can listen, maybe you have to turn it up or adjust your uh, sound quality yourself somehow. I hope you do enjoy these podcasts. Thanks. Have a great leap year. Bye. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Army Women Empowerment, and this is Take 5. Oh, my God. If I can finally talk to you without any interruptions, without any technical difficulties, I will very much appreciate this final fifth podcast <laughs> trying to get this message across to you oh my goodness I can't believe how long it takes just the podcast sometimes a lot of effort but I'm not giving up I know that I have something very important to share with you I'm really excited I've been reading this book by Gary Zukov and it's called the universal human being and I guess I just made a new discovery. I mean, maybe it's not new to you. Uh, maybe you've heard of it too. Uh, the universal human being being a, a multi-sensory human being, right? And this is kind of where we're evolving. As humans, we are evolving into this space. And it's good. It's all good. The multi-sensory human being is definitely thinking outside the box. Um, he goes into bigger detail on this but I am just gonna kind of give you my synapsis of what this means and why I think it's so cool to share with you um, as an empowered Armenian woman that you are. The empowered Armenian man enough with to listen to this podcast. Um, so like being a multi-sensory human being would be kind of like, uh, you know, you have a sense of smell. There's five sensory human beings and multi-sensory. And so the five sensory human being would have a sense of smell, just like everybody has a sense of smell, hopefully. And your sense of smell is great, but it's not limited. So the five sensory human being is just smelling the rose and just you know looking at a flower, putting it up to its face. Somebody is giving them that rose maybe as a gift or Valentine's Day or something like that and giving them the rose and you're just smelling it and going wow this is great you know my favorite flower the multi-sensory human being though and i think that a lot of us fall under this category especially armenian women and i'll explain that later but the multi-sensory human being is going to look at that flower inside of a painting or a picture or on their phone scrolling through their phone and say wow i can that that the rose in this picture is so lifelike I can smell it and not only can I smell it but I can also imagine the smell coming from uh, my home country or my childhood home or I remember a time I was given this rose and it was exactly at this time and it smelled like this and I'm smelling it right now when you're multi-sensory your consciousness is open you're your five senses aren't just five senses anymore. It's not just like, oh, I can taste, touch, feel, and think uh, or see. I can actually do a lot more than that. I can actually think beyond myself and think outside of the box. 
and and understand that other people are also smelling this or seeing this flower and having their own multi-sensory experiences with it right maybe they're looking at it and going oh wow you know I remember a time when and then you fill in the blank from there and that's because you're multi-sensory right and it made me think that um you know I, I I it made me think about my my grandparents who survived the genocide right the multi-sensory human who survived the genocide survived it because they were multi-sensory this I believe to be true this I believe to be true because the multi-sensory human being is so empowered already so my great-grandmother for example must have been so empowered already before the genocide happened for whatever reason maybe it was because she you know started seeing the pogroms against her people and what was happening maybe she maybe it's because she got married at the age of 14 because they thought that that was the best thing to do was to marry all the armenians off that were beautiful so the turks didn't take them i don't know maybe it's because she had a kid and i do believe when you have children your sense of smell and taste and everything changes you know even while you're pregnant your sense of smell changes and your taste changes. Remember that metallic taste in your mouth? Like by all means, I think, you know, um, women who have, have bore children are multi-sensory and fall into this category because everything's different and you can also experience things in a different way, a better way, a more evolved way, a more conscientious way, right? So it got me thinking about our genocide survivors and how they became multi-sensory and how right now our Artsakhsi genocide survivors uh, became maybe multi-sensory overnight. A lot of young women in that march, in that exodus, in those cars lining out like the exodus outside uh, you know, outside of Marash into Derzor and finally Syria, how those lines looked in the sand, so did those cars look on their way out, <coughs> escaping the horrors of the Azeri Turk into the safety of Armenia. And I'm thinking to myself, they are now multi-sensory not by choice maybe, but actually by circumstance and how that might not be a bad thing because being a multi-sensory person also brings you to a sense of consciousness where you can embrace everybody and feel connected to everyone and feel connected to everything. You know, we are not different. We are all human. We all have desires. We may have been educated differently. Maybe the Azeri Turk was educated in a uh, fashion that is, uh, um, you know, called brainwashed today, where they were brainwashed to think that Armenians are bad and evil, same way that, you know, the Israelis, the Zionist Israelis have been educating their youth to think that uh, Palestinians who wear flip-flops are bad people and pigeonholing them into a space where they've done something bad according to their gods so now they have to be punished and imprisoned in the biggest outdoor prison right that is now slowly but surely becoming the biggest outdoor rubble space um, but you know I digress and I'm getting back to multi-sensory human beings and it really reminds me how much I want to remind you and, and help you understand that as an Armenian empowered woman, you are not one dimensional like the five sensory human beings. You are multi-dimensional. You are multi-sensory. You can think outside of the box and relate to other people's stories of heroism and um, and joy and 
enlightenment. You can relate to that because you yourself have experienced trauma, joy, all of it. You know, you have interge intergenerational trauma as an Armenian woman, but that's not a bad thing. Out of great trauma comes great breakthrough and joy. Out of every sour situation comes the sweetest of grapes. It's just how the natural universal world operates. And although it might be very hurtful and demonizing and insulting in the beginning, like I can't imagine that my grand my great my my grandmother sorry I go back and forth between calling her great and grand because my son and I have conversations all the time about Ahami and what her struggles might have been and how she overcame them and you know to him she's the great grandmother and for me it's my great it's my grandmother so anyway I was thinking about Ahami and how she was a woman in charge of her own fate. She was multi-sensory by default. Maybe it was because she had to get married at a young age because everybody thought that marrying off their uh, their their women, you know. By the way, the, her, you know, my great great grandmother probably had some fear going on, right? And Gary Zukov talks about this multi-sensory human versus the the five sensory human he says that in the older days in the older times we might have been this one-dimensional kind of thinker we might have been this fearful thinker and we probably had a lot of fear but probably for a lot of good reason because the Turks were very good at implementing fear and very good at propagandizing fear to a point of ad nauseum right and so maybe my great-grandmother, in her fear, in her five-sensory being, out of fear, had my grandmother married off at the tender age of 14, to where now she's on this genocide march and has uh, a six-month-old in her hands and is on this march, this death march, you know? And so I'm thinking, yeah, that might have been the fear in her, but she produced a daughter who somehow, somewhere along the way, became multi-sensory pretty quick. Pretty darn quick. And I think she became multi-sensory because of becoming a mother, probably at a young age, where hormones are raging. Think about being 14. Do you remember being 14? Well, I remember being 14. It's when you start to develop in general. It's when you start to have, uh, if you had, maybe some of you didn't, you got lucky, you start to have pimples. You start to kind of, like I feel like our bodies are exploding in different ways, right, during this time. But she was not just going through puberty. She was also a mother. And now she's a mother on this march to hell. Now she's a mother who cannot feed her child and is feeling so much for other people and not just herself. She's encouraging her friends to move on, to take a step further, that she sees an oasis to keep going. And she finds courage within herself to bury her firstborn on the side of the road so that she could survive and move on and move forward for her own life and for the life of her, un her future unborn children. This to me is what Gary Zukov is calling by a multi-sensory human being. We're evolving, we're all evolving into multi-sensory human beings. And if you don't think so, just look around you. So many more people being conscientious of everything. Now, I know for, for a minute there, I wanted to say being conscientious of genocide, being conscientious of 
to Palestinian genocide, and I know you're going to say, well, you know, um, uh, you know, nobody cared about our genocide. Why should I care? Let, you know, that, when you say things like that, you are going back to being a five-sensory a five human being. No one cares about our geno genocide as Armenians, so why should we care about other genocides? Well, we should care about other genocides because they're still happening, and that's not good. <laughs> because we still want to raise awareness and we want to save people from dying horrific situations and deaths, right? We want to do that because we want to raise awareness to our own genocide that still hasn't been rectified, that is still denied today. And as a result, is gaining a lot of speed by Azerbaijan too. I mean, for crying out loud, Turkey bought that country some space and time with the help of Stalin, and now they're just barreling through. They're barreling through. Ask any Artaxi, and they'll tell you that they felt barreled through, pushed out, kicked out, no choice, right? And maybe that was their fearful selves for right reasons. Don't get me wrong. I'm not calling my Artaxis fearful. Please don't take this the wrong way. But I'm saying sometimes a gut reaction is something that's needed. Sometimes we need to have that fear, right? in order to look back and in order to say, okay, well, I'm safe now. And now how will I move forward? How will I raise my consciousness, keep my high life condition moving forward and being multi-sensory and not simply five-sensory? Okay? So I think I, um, I think I found kind of a clear example of this um when i was reading the book where he was talking about genocides in fact and you know uh, he was acknowledging our genocide the genocide of us by ottoman turks and the interesting thing is he acknowledged that white people have a tendency to genocide on other white people right it's not like oh, just because we had black slaves, we're now going to genocide on black slaves, or just because we met red people in the forest um, when we discovered America, we're going to genocide on them because they're a different color. He's noticing that, and I believe this to be true, that you know the five-sensory fearful people who just want that external power were maybe white people that genocided on white people because of that external power and not because of the color of their skin. Because we're talking about, you know, um, Armenians being genocided against by white, uh, whitish, I guess you could say, Turks and Azeris, right? The the Zionist Jews right now are genociding on white Palestinians. White people genociding on white people. And so, again, let me draw this back to how I really feel like as an Armenian empowered woman in the world, you don't have to fall for this bullshit. You do not have to sit down and power into yourself and say, well, there's nothing I can do. There's so much you can do. As a multi-sensory human being that you are, as a multi-sensory empowered Armenian woman that you are, because you've had intergenerational trauma, maybe as a result of it, you're by default being multi-sensory. Okay? Let's hone in on that crap. Let's hone in on that. Okay, instead of saying, well, maybe I am too much, maybe I'm too this, maybe I'm too that, maybe I think too much, maybe you don't think enough. Maybe you should continue to be affording to everyone else too much. Maybe you should keep up whatever it is you've been doing because somehow we have survived. Just like the Artsakhsis that have been surviving and surviving under all due strife all this time, 
You know, come on, it wasn't just the last couple of years. It's been the last 30 years and the last 2,000 years before that. Always enduring and always surviving and always moving forward in a multi-sensory sense and also maybe with a spattering few pieces of, of fear and five sensory. But for the most part, the woman, the Armenian-empowered woman, and women in general, especially, I think, child-bearing women, women who have bore children, have a multi-sensory view of time and space, have a multi-sensory view of their own um, self-worth. And that's why we engage with others. That's why we've created and maintained Armenian organizations that continue to aid others, provide relief for others, thinking outside of ourselves because ourselves are in those outsiders, because ourselves are also part of other people and other uh, nations and other animals and plants and birds and trees and all of it. We have become universal. We are universal and we rock. We really, really rock and need to hone in on the fact that we can think outside of the box each and every time that we can have multi-sensory experiences and can stand up for what's right. We can stand up for, um, you know, um, not just what's right for us, but what's right for others. Okay. Now I was in a tiff with this woman online who saw my post. I'm more public now. I used to be private, and the reason for that was exactly because of the five sensory, uh, fearful, and bully Azeri that would that the Azeri troll that would constantly try to friend me so that they could bother me, I guess, or whatever. And I set my my screen to I set my socials to private because I thought you know this way I can screen who I accept as my friend. And recently I lifted that. I lifted that during the Artsakh invasion, genocide, ethnic cleanse, because I wanted to be available to Artsakhsi women. I wanted to be more available and I'm glad I did. But recently I was uh, called out on by uh, a Jewish Armenian. She said her mom is a grandchild of genocide survivors and therefore she is, you know, uh, related to her mother who is also Armenian and has genocide survivors and in her family. And um, I think her dad is Jewish. And so somehow along this road of connection, she was accusing me of being one dimensional and only looking at one side and saying things like, how can you, aren't you ashamed of yourself to take the wrong side of history and post about how similar we are to the Palestinians or how similar we were? Aren't you ashamed? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about, lady. Ashamed of what? I'm, first of all, I'm not ashamed of anything. I'm doing what I need to do as a human being in the world and raise awareness. There's a genocide going on in Palestine. That is truth. There are children being plundered and killed left and right each and every day, tens of thousands of children. That's a genocide. Those kids aren't Hamas, baby. They don't have anything to do with a terrorist organization. They were just, their only fault in life was to be born on a planet in an open air prison for 75 years and being plundered right now. Very severely, very cruelly, very harshly. And so she's asking me if I'm ashamed. I, you know, when we went back and forth and 
I could not, I, you know, for the life of me, I couldn't understand what she was doing. She was comparing her own grandmother, her own grandmother's strife during the genocide to how crazy I am for believing the Palestinians and not understanding how the Jew is being raped and killed and uh, uh, decapitated. And I said, where are you getting your information? I'd like to see that. I don't see it. I don't see anybody raping Jews. I don't see this. Show me. All we keep saying is that this is happening. But I see footage every single day, very clear footage that is not AI. Thank God. It's definitely real, and it's a little too real. It's traumatic to watch. It is always blurred out because this is too much for a human to watch. And it is the Jews doing this to Palestinians, okay? And I'm getting into this with her, and I'm thinking to myself, here is an example of what a five-dimensional or five-sensory human, I'm sorry, <laughs> dimensional, five-sensory human being thinks. They're controlled in thought. For some reason, her dad is a lot more powerful in this family structure than her mom, which is kind of interesting to me because usually it's the Jewish mother that holds things together um, and the father isn't so important, but that's neither here nor there. But I'm like, where is she getting this from? And all I can think of is that her own mother, okay, granddaughter of genocide survivors, or great-granddaughter, I don't really know what the um, lineage is, but her own mother is probably racist on Palestinians for whatever reason and not really feeling it for them at this time. And I can't understand that. I can't wrap my mind around it. But I didn't want the abuse anymore. I was tired of being called names. I was tired of being insulted. And I just said, you know, for the health of me, I'm going to, I told her, I told her, I said, for the health of me, I'm going to block you because I don't feel like this conversation is going anywhere. And I will not be accused. And, um, you know, I, at this point, I don't even know if you're AI. It's possible you are. I'm blocking you. And uh, she proceeded to ask me stupid questions like, you know, what kind of Armenian are you? And all this other insulting, not, not stupid questions, but insulting questions. And um, that was the last I heard of her. But I bring this up because I think it's kind of interesting how we do have a few that might have, I don't know, gone astray, maybe become influenced by the less, uh, you know, the less caring, conscientious Armenian. Maybe, maybe we have been told these stories because we think that we want something outside of ourselves to tell us that we're right? I'm not sure. I want to know how this fits in to our ability to help one another, to push forward, and to encourage one another to move forward. I want to know how this experience, how this learning experience, you know, um, can can evolve and help me and so I've had some time to think about it and I thought you know what I think that having the dialogue in and of itself prior to the blocking was probably enough to get this person to think maybe outside of the box a little bit maybe this person is now going to open up her feed and really look at what's going on in Palestine maybe not too and maybe she's learned a little bit about the Azerbaijani uh, aggression on Artsakhsi women because we've talked about that too. She seemed to not know anything about that. She wasn't answering any questions about that. Another reason why I really think this is AI. It's possible. It's happening, people. Our world is changing. Our world is changing, and it's possible she was just an Azeri AI troll trying to get me to think, trying to get me to sway. But I'm not swayed. I am not swayed. I'm unshakable. 
I'm not shakable. I'm unshakable. I'm unswayed because I'm clear. I am clear on who I am. I am so clear on who I am that when I was reading this book by Gary Zukav, I heard my name being called out throughout every single chapter that I am a multi-sensory conscientious human being as many of you are too and I can change the world in a positive way in a positive direction I know that this story isn't over for me as an Armenian woman this story isn't over for you as an Armenian woman this story isn't over for Artsakh. We're going back. We're getting back. We're winning. Some way, somehow, we're winning. But as soon as we turn off our light, as soon as we turn off that multi-sensory humanness that evolved and came straight out of the terrors, the horrors of genocide, the more we can move forward. We cannot afford to sit down at this moment and let Artsakh slip away. Not now, not ever. Okay, now I'm not asking you to, you know, get up and um, rally or, uh, you know, open your pocketbooks or feel sorry for, no. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to find a way to recognize how awesome you are. I want you to recognize how already capable you are of turning this story around and making it better, making this story for Armenian women everywhere in Artsakh especially because they deserve it they've survived all this time for us they've held on for 2,000 years for 30 years after they became an independent state and now for the last two years that they've endured a horrible things a blockade starvation bombings, heart-wrenching um, mutilations. Our soldiers' stories run thick and deep in what the Azeri did. But we cannot forget that. We cannot sit back and say, well, it is what it is. That's what a five-sensory human being would say. It is what it is, and there's nothing else we can do. That a five-sensory human being, therefore, is someone who resigns themselves to think that power is outside of themselves. That the empowered person is the person who sits on a pedestal and has billions of dollars at their disposal to play with us like little rats in a cage. That is what you might feel if you are thinking, you know, you're gonna throw up your hands and just say, I give up. I'm encouraging you not to. And even if you're not Armenian, I know you watch, I know you listen, and I'm really, really happy you do. I really am. It makes me feel so warm inside to know that I have a few non-Armenian followers, it doesn't matter who you are. If you are not an Armenian woman, you still have something in your lineage that is creating this multi-sensory consciousness that is building this better way of thinking for yourself and thinking outside yourself. Not thinking outside that you need something from outside. I'm saying you're thinking outside. Can you hear that? Can you hear that outside? Everybody is speaking of outside. Can you hear all that outside? <laughs> I'm always reminded that I live in New York and I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, 
Anyway, I, you know, I, I, I really want you to hone in on this, uh, this knowledge of yourself as being the conscientious woman you are, the conscientious of others, the, the thinker, the world thinker, you know, the multi-sensory human being who can look at the flower and not only smell it, but also it appreciate its wonders and how it got to your hands and how it grew for you in your manifestation and got into your, got into your hands today, right? Um, did you get, you know, flowers for Valentine's Day? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought where did this flower come from? Yeah, it came from a flower shop, but where did it come from before then? And how did you end up with such a beautiful bouquet? Well, I think the five sensory human being would say, well, my husband picked it out and then he brought it to me or my boyfriend picked it out and he brought it to me. And that's how I ended up with that beautiful bouquet. But really, I've mentioned this to you before and I think it has to do with multi-sensory human being. You manifest this stuff. You manifested that flower. You brought that flower to you by multiple means. It didn't just happen because somebody picked it out in a flower shop, in a random flower shop. There are ways that things happen that we might not know all the intricacies of, but they happen. How did I end up with a grandmother that was so encouraging to others on her march, her death march, through the treacherous Tokat Mountains, down through Kayseri, and around and around and down from Adana and into Iskenderun, Syria? How did she? do that I don't think she did that because she was one-dimensional I don't think she did that because she was merely five sensory I really think that happened to her and to others who survived the horrors of the genocide because they were multi-sensory already they became multi-sensory already Aurora Mardiganyan a multi-sensory human being, for sure. Absolutely. Even though, even if, even imperfect, she so freely shared her story with the world. She so freely accepted others into her life, trusted others to share her story and to write her book and to spread the word, spread the news of what happened to Armenians. She did that for us, for our future, and that is being multi-sensory. That's not hoarding a story like a five-sensory human being would. That's not hoarding. That's the opposite of hoarding. That's sharing that's dialoguing, that's um, raising awareness and love and bringing that space to others to get the help that others, meaning Armenians, needed at that time. Jackie Coogan was a multi-sensory young man when he raised so much money and held this fantastic carnival to raise money for the orphans in historical Armenia as a result of the genocide. Another multi-sensory young man. I don't think that multi-sensory human beings evolve from, you know, adulthood. I don't, I'm not evolved, but I don't think they start in adulthood. I think that sometimes experiences can bring them to this state even in young adulthood, even in childhood. 
That's another subject I wanted to talk about, but not today. I, I really want to podcast about uh, kids and multisensory experiences, but that might be for another podcast. Um, as a teacher, I've noticed that this is quite common for kids to kind of have a, a, a level of conscientiousness that is that surpasses adults sometimes, but somewhere along the way, it gets squelched maybe for another time but for now I wanted to uh, share this idea with you that you already have within you that needs to be nourished that needs to be acknowledged you know if you're like me and you were stuck in a marriage that was five sensory meaning it was just what the tradition allowed you to be and just the woman in that traditional role that you had to play if you come from that and you are now outside of that and running ahead and evolving and changing as a result of that you are also uh, nourishing your multi-sensory evolved human being you are becoming universal. You are the universal woman that you've always been, but you just needed to step outside of the gates that held your consciousness back. I remember there was a time I talked about how I journal, and when I journal every single day, which I do, I have done that since 2017, it's been a practice that I have not given up, even though I've added other meditative and important practices to it. I have not stopped doing that. And I'll tell you that it has been the most conscientious act I can do for myself. Journaling every single day has helped me realize how multisensory I must be. And I am because what happens with me and the page that I write on is like no other it gives you answers from the universe that you didn't even think could happen because sometimes we're just so inside of ourselves so in order to get outside of ourselves which again is a quality of being multi-sensory try writing do this try writing I suggest in the morning with your cup of coffee I don't know I mean I have a little space here I really value my space I'm you know I'm thinking about sharing it with you online I'm just not great with the whole video and um, picturesque stuff that people do on InstaTalk I'm really like a little jealous of all of you and how you handle all the filters and stuff but seriously I have a space that I love and that I'm really nourishing. You know, for a long while, I was flat broke and couldn't nourish this space, but now I've got the means and I'm, you know, finding ways to make it look exactly how I want. I wanna say it's kind of like a writing altar almost, you know? And I recently added a piece of furniture I'm really happy about it's West Elm but not a West Elm price um, but it's uh, you know it's just this simple little coffee you know end table slash journal holder and I'm just loving it I love sitting down with my coffee I love starting my writing practice I know that I'm gonna find such wonder there I know I'm gonna find answers to questions that I have so I encourage everybody if you don't have faith the really strong faith in anything or that's fine use this as your faith I'm telling you it works it really works write it down write it down ask the important questions and get the important answers because we need you our taxi women need you Right now, we need to save our people and keep what is rightfully ours because we live there 
for millennia. We need to take care of that. We need to take care of each other and we're not over. It is not over. Uh, you know, there was uh, a guy, I'm so sorry I don't know his name. Many of you probably do know him, but he has just uh, finished a, a lecture series and he's visiting several places. But I just saw him here in New York and he um, was a soldier and also a civilian during the ethnic cleanse and also during the blockade and and he's reminding everybody that this story is not over find your way find your path to however you can remain intact to this cause and stay there and do your very best do your very best make a cause have the confidence that you have that cause, that you have the answers. It may take a while to get there, you know, but keep your confidence, keep your spirit high, keep your life condition in a space of joy so that you can be effective everywhere, not just for one thing but multiple things, like a multi, a good multi-sensory human can do, can be. And that's it. That's all I want to say. I hope this recording is my last recording on this subject. It's recording number five. Five times is a charm, I guess. <laughs> and I'm wishing you a very happy rest of your February. Bye.